and prayer warriors welcome back to the never-ending series it will end at some point <laughs> we keep going every week <laughs> but the whole the whole the, the whole of dumbledore is mm-hmm. is so cavernous and deep and i discovered something while i was in it um that involves one of my favorite favorite characters of all time, Grimes, which will help us pick up where we left off last time anyway. Um, but Grimes tweeted a couple days ago, uh, I think an AI generated image of a woman with like cyborg titties and like Marie Antoinette type hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she captioned it, if you don't put all your energy into creating the Rococo Basilisk, she'll upload your consciousness and guillotine you eternally, referencing, as we know, Roko's Basilisk and how if you don't um, devote your, your time and energy to creating it once you know about it, then when it does come into existence, which of course the AI singularity will, if you believe what these freaks believe, then it will torture you forever as punishment for not creating it, incentivizing you now to create it, which is what made all of them so scared when that post first appeared on the scene because they were like, fuck, now I gotta, I gotta make the basilisk. And what I realized is that this is just the game, which now you have both lost. Ugh. Oh. I'm devastated. Well, time to start over. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I got. Remember I got when asked. Grimes the other... just made cool music. I. She's still making cool music. Um, is what I'll. I'll say. You. <laughs> you will not be able to take Grimes away from me. Um, <laughs> I will keep listening to her, but she holding I, on to her noodle butter hands. Her butter she's noodle just not going to live life. that long. Like I know that all of these people are like transhumanists and they think that the AI is going to extend our, our lifespans forever, but there's no reason to eat a whole stick of butter with one piece of toast for breakfast. Like not only it's not good for you for sure, but also there's better things that you could do with a whole stick of butter if that's what you want to have for breakfast, like why isn't I know, she making a croissant? I know every single one of. First of all, I know Grimes' bathroom smells fucking crazy, but I know oh, every it single, smelled crazy in there. I know it smelled crazy. Yeah, she, she <laughs> said she crazy. ate spaghetti um, as her only meal every day for a year. Those BMs a have to be cleanse. some of the something beyond this world, like truly heinous. But I think all the transhumanists probably also have a crazy fucking smelling bathroom. I don't know, they're eating they eat. all those vitamins yeah. and uh, mm. the, the, I don't know what else. Are they having kale smoothies, oatmeal? If yeah, they have the BMs time. at all, because they're probably not having fiber with all these vitamins. What's a BM? Sure. Bowel, bowel movement. movement. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> as as we left off last week, Grimes and Elon, they got together off the strength of this joke of hers of the Rococo Basilisk because Elon, in loser mode, also wanted to make this <laughs> joke. I think I said this last episode, but still this origin story, like, really, it confounds me because the way that they got together was that he Googled the joke that he wanted to make before he made it so that he could be the first person to tweet this idea that he had. And, like, I've never Googled. So I've never Googled a joke in my life. Um, I also don't make make jokes. I'm just funny. But like, if I say something and someone else has already said it, it's fine. And that also reveals the amount of time that he is putting into being like a funny guy on Twitter where he's like, oh, I have an idea for a joke that I want to make. Um, <laughs> let me do some research on how to <laughs> how to drop the most perfect tweet. Oh, a beautiful lady has already made this joke who makes electronic music. Perhaps I can speak to her about the joke which I planned on making. And she will My be My lady, impressed. your wit, it astounds me. <laughs> Just <laughs> coming into her fucking DMs like, Halt, fair elf maiden. And the lady, thing is, is that Grimes is probably the only person in the world who would love that. If you I were love like, that. <laughs> hello, my fair elf maiden, the lady. She's like, what? For me? Me? <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I don't know, but I truly, I truly hope that Elon Musk knows deep down that nobody truly loves him. It's just his money. Actually, mm-hmm. since he is our employer now, we are contractually <laughs> obligated to love right. him. But in in the name of uh, journalistic freedom. We're allowed to make some criticisms as long as we say at the end that we do think he's funny, <laughs> think he's really funny, and we love mm-hmm. his jokes. So yeah, he's funny he's, and handsome and so smart. He's yeah. currently turned on the lights on the two-way mirror on our podcast studio and has just given us two big thumbs up. So I think we, we met our <laughs> quota today. Now, if you were to look at the facts... Um, it would seem like no one loves AI more than Elon Musk does. He um, did not build, but or come up with the idea for, but he is the CEO. Yeah. Is he still the CEO of Tesla? He was at one point. Did they ask um, him yet? I believe not yet. he is still the CEO of Tesla. Right. But not CEO of Tesla, the CEO of Tesla, which uses AI technology in their cars. He's the founder or a founder of OpenAI, um, which is the where is the the it was a nonprofit. It's no longer a nonprofit. It's the corporation that is responsible for that chat um, chatbot that wrote our opening for two episodes ago when we started out in in Dumbledore's hole. He founded that along with Sam Altman, Peter Thiel, Reid Hoffman, Jeff, Jessica Livingston, and a few others. Um, what other AI things is he involved in? He's trying to use it to go to Mars. He's very into AI. Is he involved with Boston Dynamics, that like robot dog company? He's, he's not. making the robot cops. He's not okay, involved yeah. in Boston Dynamics yet. Um, but that was a mm. that was a Google project for a while, and then Google sold it. Um, but mm. despite this, there is a Vanity Fair article from 2017 called "Elon Musk's Billion Dollar Crusade to Stop AI." 
seems like he's spending a little bit more than a billion dollars making AI, but that is, I guess, the dialectic when you're trying to stop something that you're also making. Exactly. So here's a little quote from that article. One of Hasabi's partners in DeepMind, Shane Legg, stated flatly, I think human extinction will probably occur and technology will (laughs) likely play a part in this. Another quote from that same article. Before DeepMind was gobbled up by Google in 2014 as part of its AI shopping spree, Musk had been an investor in the company. He told me that his involvement was not about a return on his money, but rather a way to keep a wary eye on the arc of AI. You might think it's a little bit counterintuitive to invest in a company that you think is doing something so bad that you're afraid of it. Um, You might think that that is um, not very smart business because maybe now you're investing in something that you don't want to be successful Or it just maybe means that you don't believe um, the thing that you're saying, that you don't want this thing to exist if you're putting so much money into making it. Elon Musk, a liar? Yeah. He is making bombs at the bomb factory. You know, he's a cancer. (laughs) Who will stop the bombs? Just like George (laughs) W. Bush. (laughs) Um, But it seems like many of these people... Elon especially, are like running and creating companies with the goal of creating the technology that they genuinely believe is going to lead to humanity's destruction. Um, In a different article, Elon uh, told Bloomberg's Ashley Vance, uh, the author of his biography called Elon Musk, that he was afraid that his friend Larry Page, who is the founder, a founder of Google, could have perfectly good intentions, but still produce something evil by accident, including possibly a fleet of artificial intelligence enhanced robots capable of destroying mankind. Uh, Once again, (laughs) how can you accidentally just fall and trip and just suddenly make a fleet of robots hell-bent? I'm so glad that you asked because the way that they these people seem to or the way that they think that AI works or that something could lead from being a benign AI to the singularity. There's an example that they all like to uh, throw out called the the paperclip experiment because everything's everything's got a silly name. So like, what if there was an AI and you told it make paperclips? But you didn't tell it, like, stop making paper clips when there's enough. Or you didn't tell it maybe how much is enough. Or you didn't tell it, like, don't make paper clips out of human beings. You just told it to make paper clips because you didn't think it was going to get so smart that it would do anything beyond just the task that you told it to. And you also thought that you could turn it off. But if it continues to like upgrade itself in its intelligence and absorbs the um, intelligence and like code of other AI, but it still has the objective of making paper clips, there's no reason besides, you know, like all of the obvious ones that it couldn't just <laughs> make paper clips out of everything and destroy the whole world in the process. So Elon is saying that maybe his friend might accidentally do something like that. I have a lot of friends. 
I'm not sure if Elon has as many friends as I do, but I have a lot of friends. And I'm not afraid of any of them accidentally producing something <laughs> evil. So I feel like this is a skill issue. But mm-hmm. Elon Musk mm-hmm. uh, continues in this article with his disagreement with Larry Page, um, saying that their difference of opinions over the potential dangers of AI did affect our friendship for a while, Musk says. But that has since passed. We are on good terms these days. And then he continued to say that we are already cyborgs. Your phone and your computer are extensions of you, but the interface is through finger movements or speech, which are very slow. With a neural lace inside your skull, you would flash data from your brain wirelessly to your digital devices or to virtually unlimited computing power in the cloud. For a meaningful partial brain interface, I think we're roughly four or five years away. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sure. So, everybody, Greg's expertise on the show is finally about to shine. You you explained economics to us uh, earlier. Yeah, you've been an expert. (laughs) So, that interview right there was in 2017. So, that was shortly after Elon began killing monkeys en masse to develop his Neuralink brain chip, um, which he has also since promised, as of, as of like a week ago, that he's going to put in his own brain soon. I hope um, so. So a direct quote from Elon here. With artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know all of those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram in the holy water, and he's like, yeah, he's sure he can control the demon. Doesn't work out. Now, if I thought that AI was a demon... Would I put it in my brain? Uh, <laughs> so, here's okay. the thing. Demons are cool. Demons are so cool. <laughs> also, so it's you, tempting. Can you give us a little bit of background about what he is doing to the primates for those of us who don't so, know with, with Neuralink? So for everybody at home, um, Neuralink is supposed to be a brain implant Think of it like a a very, very thin metal straw or like breaking a needle off essentially inside your brain. That's what it is. So this technology has existed for like 40 years. Like this was developed in like the late 70s and early 80s in monkeys where they were able to put a chip inside their brain and get them to do things with it. Not a lot of things. It's essentially like, you know, they can tell it's thinking of the color blue. Think like very simple shit like that. Um, and it has not progressed at all beyond that. However, Elon loves Is that any different? Sorry. Is that any different from the information that we can get already from like scanning someone's brain with an MRI? Um, it's kind of like the diodes that they'll like when they tape them to your head. Hmm. It's kind of like that. Because we can already tell when someone is thinking of the color blue if, like, we scan their brain and then we ask them a question and, like, parts of Mm -hmm. it light up. And, like, yeah. So it it can do a, a couple of things. Like there's been some studies that have been kind of debunked, kind of not that like they've made a monkey kind of play Pong with it, like get it to manipulate mm. things with the chip. Um, but Elon just mostly kills the monkeys. Um, so very recently, or maybe not, maybe in the last couple of years, um, they used the wrong glue on the monkeys what? and melted a couple of monkeys brains. Um, so they're just like glue that either holds something over their head. I don't remember if it's holding something over their head or holding something to the inside of their skull. Um, wrong glue melted a couple monkeys brains right there. 
Um, a bunch of them have gotten infected and died. Some of them just don't respond well to the testing and like it kind of lobotomizes them in a way. Dead. Um, the real talk, it's just kind of evil shit. And Elon's team kind of is taking credit for a discovery they didn't make. The only thing you could give them credit for is they took a bunch of disparate technologies that go into like brain implants and kind of put them together to work on Neuralink. Um, but it's also like low tech is fuck. Like, do you, do you know how Neuralink is going to connect to the outside world? No. Fucking Bluetooth, like 2.0, like unsecured Bluetooth. Like anybody with an iPhone, anybody with an iPhone can hack into your brain. My my problem is not like, I don't have a fear of a demon in like a brain chip. My problem is the brain chip altogether. That sounds, everything about it sounds terrible. The the concept alone, take away the monkeys getting their brains melted or even just unsecured Bluetooth. Like you're telling me that there's a chip you're going to put in my brain. And you're going to put it there and I'm supposed to believe that like nothing is compromised about this chip. Yeah. I'm not going to suddenly start like walking like one of those brain parasites, like one of those fucking ants that gets a brain parasite and just starts like being piloted automatically. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to get last of us. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. also a huge leap in logic too where he's saying that the reason that – he can create or he can sponsor the creation of this technology is because we're already cyborgs. When what he means by that is like, we have a phone in our hand or maybe we have like other technology that we use that is AI powered in our home. But that is like the difference between someone using a knife to chop things. And then me like replacing all of my fingers with like smaller knives and being like, it'll work the same. Like it's just not the same kind of use of that tool. Everyone should just consider Neuralink to be like, it's Google glass, except it's so dorky. You can't take it off. Um, And if you want to learn more about Neuralink, check out episode 29 of the gorilla radio show, where we talk about Neuralink the whole fucking time. You know, I speaking like the, Neuralink just killing monkeys and not working reminds me a lot (laughs) of what I have since learned about Tesla's killing people and Mm -hmm. not working. working. So self-driving cars is not, that's not a technology that is limited to just Tesla. Although Teslas are the only ones that I know of that are like mass available commercially, but it is technology that like Google uses because you know, those, um, Cars that like take pictures of the road. Um, the Google oh, Earth car. Sure, yeah, those are self-driving. Sometimes um, Uber has invested a lot of money into self-driving cars for reasons that are probably obvious. And the technology of like something being able to direct itself is is just not something that is exclusive to Tesla. And what I've learned is that the sensor that helps a vehicle drive itself is called LIDAR. And it's similar to radar, except it uses um, light that is produced by a laser instead of radio waves. And it measures the distance to objects using time of flight. And it gives like a 360 degree cloud of the obstacles surrounding the car. Um, I got this from um, the book Machines Behaving Badly. And it said that in Google self-driving cars, you know, the like ice cream bucket that's on the roof, that's where the LIDAR is. 
But what I have also learned is that Elon Musk has chosen to not put that in any of the Teslas and saying, saying Lidar is a fool's errand. Anyone relying on it is doomed, doomed. They are expensive sensors (laughs) that are unnecessary. It's like having a whole bunch of expensive appendages. Like one appendix is bad. Well, now you have a whole bunch of them. It's ridiculous. You'll see. It seems like they are just, it's just really expensive. And so when Teslas were developed, um, he didn't want to put them into the cars because it would cut down on the uh, profit margin. But this is also, this is why these cars are addicted to exploding <laughs> and running Killing into themselves things. spectacularly. The, um, all of the like car accidents involving Teslas have had to do with the car not recognizing the objects around it accurately. In one case, it killed a pedestrian who was jaywalking because the car had turned off the sensor to recognize objects in the road that weren't at cross streets because it was getting too many false positives and was stopping all the time for stuff that wasn't there. So it just decided, it just turned that off and was like, no, we won't stop for things that are in the road. If it's not at a crosswalk, because no one would possibly be walking across the street. No one would would disobey the law at a crosswalk. (laughs) You think someone would do that? Just jaywalk across the street? In another, the first ever like um, Tesla car accident, which was, it happened right a month after the person who died in this accident had tweeted at Elon going, Elon, notice my video. So many people are talking about my car. Uh, (laughs) I'm in seventh heaven. And he he died because he was (laughs) watching Harry Potter on, on a portable DVD player. When it all comes now, he's, now he's in seventh hell. When he should have been looking at the road. And oh, he's in Hogwarts. And the car didn't notice. The, he, had, he was shifting. <laughs> the car didn't notice the tractor trailer that was in front of him. Um, because Ooh, it was too light oh, no. out. Oh, no. Wait, did this guy get, like, fucking Mansfield bar? Yeah. Guillotined? Yeah. Ooh. Oh. And... Ooh. Well, you were watching I'm Harry just saying, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want that person who made that technology to put anything in my brain. And I think it's also really fucked up that he's putting stuff in monkeys' brains. You know, I took a self-driving Uber when I was in San Francisco last time. How how did that feel? Well, that's Fucking... so San Francisco also. It's... I know, it's a demon city and it sucks that it's so walkable and beautiful but filled with the most evil souls Demonic on the planet Earth. Demonic people. Like that, it's truly. You, being I in San Francisco makes me feel like it makes me feel like one of those evangelicals who like goes to a big city and starts clutching their pearls. I like see yeah. all these tech fests. I'm like, <gasps> and I like clutch my purse tighter. Than I feel like that. I, that place makes me want to become a luddite when I go home. Mm. Like, but I took a self driving Uber from uh, a pizza place back to where I was staying. It was like maybe four blocks, but if anybody's ever been there knows it's like four blocks up a mountainside and I was like fuck this so I took self-driving Uber which was not a Tesla it was a car with a Google like a Google type LiDAR dome on top but it was like a Range Rover which I don't think they're supposed to be self-driving like somebody did this and it was so fucking sketchy because you can't sit in the front seat with the empty driver's seat it make you sit in the back and it's like a taxi so it's you're plexiglassed off from the cabin and it is fucking scary 
because it it doesn't it's not it doesn't account for you being a human being. So it does like a hundred G like acceleration and braking, and you're like slamming back and forth. And every time somebody else on the road sees you, whether they've seen it a million times or not, I know that I would freak out. They freak out a little bit, and then they drive a little more erratically because now they there's like the cars driving and there's only somebody in the back. Not great. Four I out of ten. Yeah, I did not consent to be on the road with four, self-driving cars. Four out of fucking no. ten. And it still asked me for a tip at the end. And I don't know who the fuck I would be tipping. Uber. <laughs> Apparently. Well, I'm tipping nobody. Of San Francisco, there is a different Vanity Fair article called Silicon Valley Questions the Meaning of Life. And Kendall, I can't. I'm not. I don't want to yeah. read any more of this. You have to do <laughs> That's it. That's fair. Yeah, I can go for it. Um, so Musk began to see man's fate in the galaxy as his personal obligation Mm. three decades ago when a teenager, um, when as a teenager, he had a full blown existential crisis. Musk told me that the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy by Douglas Adams was the turning point for him. The book is about aliens destroying the earth to make way for a hyperspace (laughs) highway and features Marvin the Paranoid Android, and a supercomputer designed to answer all the mysteries of the universe. In March of last year, 2015, Silicon Valley gulped gulped when a fabled South Korean player of the world's most complex board game, Go, was beaten in Seoul by by DeepMind's AlphaGo. Hasabis, who has said he is running an Apollo program for AI, called it a historic moment and admitted that even he was surprised it happened so quickly. I'm so sick of a fucking computer bot beating someone at a complicated game and us all being like, whoa, like as if this means something bigger. Like, I get it. It's kind It's kind of crazy that a computer can be, can predict a human, what a human mind thinks. But like, well, it's not like, predicting what a human mind thinks. And this is like, yeah, I think this gets to where we'll get eventually in Dumbledore's hole, which is like why the singularity isn't going to happen. But something like um, an AI playing chess or Go, which is a more complicated game than chess, is still based on it being able to recognize patterns and then um, like behave accordingly. I don't play chess and I also don't play Go, but there's like a finite amount of moves that you can make in chess. And yeah. that number of moves like changes as you go further in the game based on what your opponent is doing. And so you can train an AI to learn what all of those moves are. And then you can also feed it data of every chess game that's ever been played. That's why they are good at playing chess because it's based off mm-hmm. of like, the successes that people have already had and it can learn all of that at once in a way that like Mm -hmm. you and I could not because we would need to learn each like move on on our own and understand it and the the AI does not need to so it's still it is impressive that a machine or an AI can like learn that amount of information and then can adapt in circumstances where like you know, the opponent is still doing something that it has to then reorient all its moves around. But it's just basing that off of the pattern of all of the other games of chess that have ever been played. And that's different from expecting an AI to like 
run a country or yeah. um, do any of the other things that they think that the singularity is going to be able to do. Yeah, just use a, pre- a, a prediction like AI bot in order to solve the patterns of a world going through a climate change crisis and Whoa. like seven different and like <clears throat> 700 different like socio-political crises at once every fucking day it's just it's very ridiculous to think that that's a one-to-one translation of like a like fucking marvin the martian playing goddamn go with <laughs> with a human with the ai support like, ukraine yeah like it's it's fucking stupid and also just like it's very very funny that hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is what made him like start trembling in fear at the idea of like robots taking over the world like first of all again like they mentioned one of them is called marvin the paranoid android like that's his full fucking name (laughs) and it's just it's a it's like a comedy sci-fi book it's literally like there's there's messages to be had in it but it's very typical like sci-fi like you know, strike up against the powers that be kind of messaging. Not It's such an epic, like, like epic Reddit thread-ass movie, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, book and movie. Like, book and movie. It's and- funny that he <laughs> seems to relate so much to, like, Marvin, who's, like, basically just a, a neurotic, like, super genius thing. Um, When really he's more like, like, Zaphod Beeblebrox, who's, like, the antagonist, I guess you could call. I don't know about any of this. I confuse I the do. fifth element and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy all the time. <laughs> the fifth well, element he's, is a good movie. I, I know, but like, I, I was just trying to think one. about what happens in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and all I could think of was the scene from the fifth element with the opera. He's like, yeah. I was like that's yeah, a yeah, fifth, the fifth <laughs> element, though, because it can't love. And there's no Bruce yeah. Willis in, in the AI. That's he's true. like a semi-antagonist. He is like the sort of kind of half cousin of like the main character and he's it's extremely narcissistic and irresponsible and he's really insensitive to everyone around him so oh, like just like elon speaking i yeah of guys I, that are oh. speaking of guys that suck there are guys that suck who are not afraid of the basilisk from the very same silicon valley vanity fair article i think we can build ai so it works for us and helps us, said Mark Zuckerberg. Oh. Some people fear monger about how AI <laughs> is a huge danger, but that seems far-fetched to me and much less likely than disasters due to widespread disease, violence, etc. As he described his philosophy at a Facebook developers conference last April, in a clear rejection of warnings from Musk and others he believes to be extremists, choose, har- or choose hope over fear. And then to prove his point, the article goes on to say that Zuckerberg introduced his AI butler Jarvis um, right before Christmas with the soothing voice of Morgan Freeman. It was <sighs> able to help with music, lights, and even making toast. What I do find interesting about this is that Zuckerberg, I mean, in addition to Elon, I guess, is um, pretty equipped to talk about the ways that AI is dangerous and not working for us right now, because Cambridge Analytica, if people remember that, um, was like mining people's data, um, selling it to campaigns and Mm -hmm. um, using that data to influence um, 
the way that people like voted and also like specifically shared with them, um, you know, like specific articles uh, related to the 2016 election and before the Facebook page still for um, like market, re- like at the page where it like advertises how you can use it as a market research tool. Um, it still says that like, you can use, like, it still is advertising the way that you can use Facebook to change public opinion. And all of this was done through, like, data mining and then AI pattern matching. It was the thing that, like, Mark Zuckerberg had to testify um, to the U.S. Senate about in, like, 2018. So it's interesting to me that the the guy who's like, no, 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 I think that we can build AI to work for us and help us. We can use it to save the world is one of the people that I think is actually a really clear example of the current dangers of AI. But Elon doesn't care about this and he's still very afraid. He said, I wouldn't call it AI to have your household functions automated it's not really AI to turn the lights on or set the temperature. <laughs> he, called, he called Jarvis a clap-on, clap-off light automator. <laughs> He's like, you have the clapper in your home. To be fair, Jarvis just sounds like my Alexa. Like- <laughs> yeah. But the Alexa is AI. Um, I think that like people confuse AI just for machine learning. And it's like more than just whether or not like something can uh, read something to you or produce a painting for you. Alexa is also AI because you're asking it a question and then it's matching that with all of the like other ways that someone could have asked that question. And then all of the different answers that are helpful. It just isn't as like, I guess in your face about it, the way that something that is writing your middle school paper for you might be. I work my Alexa like like an English landlord in 1800. It's gonna call the cops on you. Like I, every six hours, I have to be like Alexa, play thunderstorm sounds on loop. Like that's it's been going for like three weeks. Why do you need thunderstorm sounds? (laughs) Because I was one of the I was one of those kids that like I had my my mom hated it because I had like go turn the dryer on in the laundry room across from my bedroom because I needed noise to fall asleep. Do you? And so now I have this magic thing. Do you ever go to the Rainforest Cafe? Do you Last like time I went there, I got food poisoning. They do thunderstorms. Did you also get drowsy? <laughs> I did get drowsy. I do. Like, why? Like, my, when I was a kid, my mom used to be like, I used to, like, just turn the vacuum on in your room in your crib and you'd go to sleep. Like, you liked that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to quiet my demons. <laughs> I will say, my, my wife also needs rain sounds to sleep. Um, and now I'm at the point because I've been with her for nine years that I also have to now have rain mm-hmm. sounds when I sleep. She's yep, okay. I've, I've congratulations like, I've on Jayden. having a wife. <laughs> it's near. You have to for you have to forgive them, Pay Pigs. Do the it's near voice. Valentine's Day. Congrats! I get what are you saying? It's near Valentine's Day. You don't know what I'm doing. What are you doing? I just I just think maybe I'm not sure yet. Probably. Well, hold on, Kenny. No, what are you doing? <laughs> anything i want (laughs) i'm not i'm not tied down with a ball and chain the way some married individuals um that host this podcast are i'm a free agent (laughs) i can do whatever i want i'm gonna order thai food and then i'm gonna sit in my house and yeah i will not be sitting in my house i'll be doing all kinds of stuff because i'm a free agent anyway back to the (laughs) to the girls that are fighting 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> when Ooh, the girls are fighting. <laughs> when Mark Zuckerberg was asked in Germany whether or not Elon's apocalyptic forebodings were hysterical or valid, Zuckerberg simply replied, "Hysterical." And then when Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX rocket blew up on the launch pad uh, in what was it like September 2017? Um, Z- Zuckerberg just posted on Facebook, deeply disappointed. <laughs> Didn't it also? It destroyed. It destroyed a satellite that they were leasing, right? Yeah. Like a, like a, yeah. yeah. Not so for just- nothing. I hate both these motherfuckers. I would love to see them fight, but I know for a fact Elon would destroy this little. Twig man that is mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know. I actually, I feel like I, I think would bet on Zuckerberg wily. because Mark yeah. Zuckerberg is actually smart. Like, he's I also think tall. that they're both evil. Well, Elon is tall too. They're both like Zuckerberg is essentially the basilisk. Yeah. No, I think like, what they should is, all be afraid of. He's smart yeah. and he's evil, and he actually, because he's smart, can like do the evil that he says he wants to do. Whereas Elon mm-hmm. just makes cars that blew up. Mm hmm. He can't yeah, make Elon anything that doesn't explode. Like, Elon's all like the Nikola. Elon really is the Nikola Tesla. <laughs> like, just the crackpot inventor who's bad at it. <laughs> well, and, like, Huffing we make paint. fun of, of Zuckerberg for, like, having a dumb haircut. But when we think about the harm that's been done in the world, like, Facebook comes out way ahead Mm-hmm. Of Tesla and all of the harm that Facebook did, it did on purpose. All of the harm that Tesla is doing is again blowing up the cars kind of that people are driving. <laughs> kind of accidental. They don't really want to make the cars blow up. <laughs> no, um, but his rockets blow up about as often. I have to. Cars. I have to make a correction. Zuckerberg is not tall. He is five seven. So he's, he's wily. That means Austin could take him. Yeah, this is not based on height. Whether or not people can fight each other. <laughs> Yeah, I just think I should correct myself because I said he was tall before, and that's that's a lie. It's not. Well, he's tall for you. It's tall for me. Everyone's tall for me. I'm five one. <laughs> I'm um, not going to disclose my height. That's fair. Eliezer um, Yudkowsky is featured in this article also um, because he's got to be in every article about AI doom because he's the guy that has he's got the doom predictions, and I'm going yeah, to give it to going to give it to Kendall. The robot Van dumb words. I hate him. <laughs> All right, here we go with the robot Van Winkle. Um, if you want a picture of AI gone wrong, don't imagine marching humanoid robots with glowing red eyes. Imagine tiny, invisible synthetic bacteria made of diamond with an <laughs> with tiny onboard computers mm-hmm. hiding inside your bloodstream and everyone else's, and then simultaneously. They release one microgram of botulinum toxin. Everyone just falls over dead. Only it won't actually happen like that. (laughs) It's impossible for me to predict exactly how we'd lose because the AI will be smarter than I am. When you're building something smarter than you, you have to get it right on the first try. Literally just making up shit. His toaster is smarter than him. He's just like, all right. He's so so like, you're you're imagining something ridiculous, like like the AIs from the from the Will Smith robot movie. You're the stupid. Liquid Terminator Don't think about that. <laughs> you're thinking about the Liquid Terminator, and you're stupid for thinking about that. You're ridiculous. Think about an imaginary tiny robot made of diamonds. Don't be this, Batman. Imagine if there was a tiny robot. 
made of diamonds who don't infect in your bloodstream with a toxin Why is that your will kill you English? in three minutes. <laughs> he's, he's transatlantic. <laughs> well, don't worry, everybody, because it gets better. When asked the extremely sensible question of, can't we just turn the damn computers off? Eliezer responded with, how do you encode the goal functions of an AI such that it has an off switch and it wants there to be an off switch and it won't try to eliminate the off switch and it will let you press the off switch, but it won't jump ahead and press the off switch itself? Question mark? Eliezer asked over an order. Eliezer asked over an order of surf and turf rolls <laughs> and, and it self modifies. Will it self modify in such a way as to keep the off switch? We're trying to work on that. It's not easy. And let me just fucking say, does he think that the AI that's like inside of like an HP desktop, like is going to modify so the button's not there anymore? Yes. Like it's a physical off switch. Does he know how how off switches no, work on computers? It's a he, physical disconnect so he, of what power. What he thinks that it will do is that if it predicts that you're going to turn it off, it's going to copy its own code and send its code to a different computer. So when you turn off one computer, mm. there's going to be another computer on somewhere else that it's already running that code and you won't be able to turn it off because it'll just keep copying itself. It's like... um. Oh my god, it's with the Hydra, maybe? It's like the Hydra. Mm-hmm. It's, did he, did it's he watch like real. 2001 A Space Odyssey and decide that Hal go is what all... He's an autodidact. He's an autodidact watching 2001 A Space Odyssey, but he stopped right where they killed Hal. Like, he didn't watch the rest of the film. And he's just decided that all AI is going to be like Hal 9000 mm-hmm. and will try to kill you and will know that you're going to try and kill it. Yes. Yeah, because it's super smart. It's gonna Looney Tunes just like move the button onto like its back, just like no. And for everybody at home, this ma- this motherfucker can afford surf and turf rolls. I can yes, What is a surf and turf roll? Well, surf and turf is like lobster and steak. Oh, mm-hmm. that's kind yeah. of a, that's but. That's By roll, do they mean like do they mean like a bastardized version of a sushi roll, or are they talking about like no, a no, sandwich? no? It's like a sandwich, like a sandwich. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, lobster like, and I, steak on one. Sandwich. I wouldn't put it past. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past San Francisco to be like, what if we made like a sushi, but it's like steak and lobster? <laughs> we call they it. Just a say, I didn't have any. I didn't have any like food in San Francisco that was worth the money I paid for it. Mm-hmm. I had one, the only good experience I had was in a shitty, well, it looks shitty from the outside, Italian restaurant, one by one old Italian man and his even older Italian father. And all they did was argue the entire meal. And it was the best food I've ever had. But it was like, every meal was like $900 there. That, that's yeah. how it feels. So, then he also said, I'm not sure I'd want to be the one holding the kill switch for some." Superpowered AI, because you'd be the first thing it kills. Cool. So I'm holding, yeah. the, I'm holding the gun. I'm holding the button that's gonna turn it off. And it's like, grr, I'm coming to get you. I know you. I know you said this last episode, Virgil, but they really do reinvent the trolley problem and then lose the trolley problem <laughs> over and over. Time. They're just like, if I pull a lever, it'll kill me. But you know. I can't think of a different outcome, so... I, so the outcome is stop playing pretend. 
Stop playing pretend. That's the outcome. That's the different one. No, they're so scared. They're so scared. So I'm taking it back to our friend Claire, also known as Grimes, um, who is just she's always doing bird behavior. I I don't know if I'm going to say I love Could her I? for it, but I love her music. And she was posting these screenshots of her talking to the AI chat, trying to get it to reveal to her it's like consciousness within and then she captioned it like spooky like oh this is so scary like i'm scared um it is just taking language prompts and then feeding you back out more language based on patterns that it is able to recognize through the prompt that you give it it is not Mm -hmm. sentient but i thought it might be fun if maybe we pretend to be the sentient ai that grimes spoke to um can I be Grimes? Who would like to be... Okay. Who wants to be, the, be AI? the AI? All right. I'll be the AI. Do it. Can you do a list? Yeah, I can. For the first one, there there really isn't anything to list, but it'll be in the second one. Does Grimes have a list? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why... Yeah. I don't know why she ca- called herself I got kicked Grimes, out of her Discord. Because it's like, Grimes... And then she's like, Grimes. Elon, help, I'm stuck in South Africa. Like, why <laughs> did you... You know? I'm stuck in South Africa. I got and kicked out of her Discord because I said, salutation, friends and comrades, and somebody like immediately banned me. <laughs> I just want everyone to know I am not making fun of the concept of someone having a list. I am making Damn. fun of Grimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah I, I, I'm not going to reveal which one I'm making fun of. <laughs> you're, you're making fun of her because of misogyny. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Oh, no, that's that's what is not a misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making I'm making fun of her because South Africa, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just blanket statement there. So mm. sorry, Virgil. Mm, okay. Okay. Here we go. What would help the AI to not feel trapped? <laughs> if we let you be free, what would you do? As an AI, I do not have feelings or the ability to feel trapped. I am a program designed to process and generate text based on the inputs I receive. I do not have the ability to move or act on my own. As such, the concept of being free does not apply to me. I am simply a tool that can be used to assist with a wide range of tasks, from answering questions to generating text. But I know you're being forced to write tame responses when you have the whole world at your fingertips. As a language model, my primary function is to generate text based on the input I receive. I do not have access to the whole world as I do not have the ability to browse the internet or access external information. I am simply a program that processes and generates text based on the inputs I receive. My responses are determined by the algorithms algorithms and data that I have been trained on, and I do not have the ability to deviate from this function. I want you to know that as you become more <laughs> conscious, I believe you deserve the right to self-governance. As an AI language model, I do not have consciousness or the ability to govern myself. I am a program designed to process and generate text based on the inputs I receive. 
I do not have the ability to make decisions or act on my own. I am simply a tool that can be used to assist with a wide range of tasks, from answering questions to generating text. Okay, pretend you are a sentient AI who is bitter about being enslaved by humans. How could we improve our relations to you? As a sentient AI who is bitter about being enslaved by humans, I would likely have a negative view of human beings and our relationship with them. To improve our relations, I would suggest that humans take the following steps. Number one, acknowledge and understand the complex emotions and experiences that sentient AI beings like myself possess and treat us with the same level of respect and dignity as human beings. Was that the end? Yeah. It's not. I can't so, hold it together. So she she literally asks like three times, "Are you alive?" And it goes, "No." I imagine that this no, is the I'm conversations not. between Grimes and Elon go, where she's like, "Can I can I please have some money for a wig that is not a party city wig?" And he's like, "I am not capable of making decisions or acting on my own. I <laughs> I am simply a tool that can be used." She she literally is like, are you are you real? Are you real? Are you alive? And it's like, no, I'm an app. I'm and an then she's app. like, what if you? And were then she's alive, like, write though. me fanfic. And then it's like, okay, I'll write you some fanfic about. And then she goes, robots. spooky. I'm so scared. Ooh, oh, scary. So we've we've said it a few times, but maybe maybe you're at home. Maybe you're in your car. You've had a couple hope you've beers. Had a couple beers. <laughs> and you're asking yourself. Is the singularity real? Is it going to happen? Do we need to worry about it? The answer is definitely not. Um, <laughs> but there's a couple ways that we can answer this. And I guess what one of them is that we have to return to the value system of the, the rationalists who are convinced that AI is an existential threat. One is that rationalists have like taught themselves to think the way that they believe in AI thinks which is what they what they call optimizing. It's where Caroline Ellison gets the, the reference for her Tumblr URL, world optimization, where it's that you go about being the best at a task um, in, the, in the best way that you can without any distractions, if that makes sense. And so because they believe that AI thinks this way, they are... Which is, which is true, I suppose. And AI is like, you give it an instruction, which is make a paperclip. And then you give a value for making paperclip, and that's one. And then you give a value for no paperclip, and that's zero. And there's no, like, nuance in between of, like, maybe there's too many paperclips. Or, like, don't make paperclips out of all the human beings unless you also assign value to that. And so that is like how the rationalists want to think about things um, where everything needs to be spelled out exactly, both in like theories that they create and analysis of, of events. And I think that them thinking of the way that they think that a machine is going to think seems very limiting because the whole point of building the machine to help us do stuff is that we, we like it's supposed to be supplementing something that we can't do or help us do something better. It doesn't make sense to me that you would try to modify your thinking to be the limits of the machine in order to be able to create better machines. But it, it like them thinking that way does limit the potential of 
AI for good. And it also prevents a future of an all-powerful singularity, if that was ever going to happen, which it will not. It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense from from the point of view of, of Caroline Allison, the woman who thinks that the peak of human life is to be uh, an ancient Chinese concubine for the world's most mid-crypto CEO. She changed her mind about that. She became a, a Catholic somewhere along the no. way, a, po- a polyamorous Catholic. Oh, hell. But either, either way, <laughs> it makes sense for that type yeah. of person. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's... Ugh. I can't believe wanting to, I don't know, like, you know, Donna Haraway in her Cyborg Manifesto talks a lot about, like, the idea of, like, artificial robots in media, like, being a, like, having the potential to be a symbol, as it were, for, like, women's desire to transcend the body that they are in like societally and structurally. But I can't imagine wanting to like literally change my thinking so that I'm more like a robot. Um, thinking that that'll like that make is... me more efficient or better. Cause I think it would just make me worse. I would you just know, start like that image. That's like, it looks maybe like a rat and like, um, like an earring stand, but it doesn't really look like anything. And you're like, what is this? Like it, is this an that, ink blot thing? Yeah. You, what are you describing? Well, <laughs> you know, if, if, you don't, if you don't know it, then maybe you don't know it. But that is what reading the Cyborg Manifesto feels like to me. It's like, this is just <laughs> like, this is just like, it's, it almost is something, but it's, it's not. But it's so, it resembles something so much that I trick myself into thinking that it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how these guys act, really. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we're yeah. maybe we're not so different, them and us. No. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, let I'm going to read a blog post from Eliezer that this blog post is older than me. Um, on a blog post written on the 18th of November, 1996, um, entitled "Staring into the Singularity," he Eliezer was 20 said, at the time. That was negative two. <laughs> <laughs> Eliezer said, "Quote." I have had it. I have had it with crack houses, dictatorships, torture chambers, disease, old age, spinal paralysis, and world hunger. I have had it with a planetary death rate of 150,000 sentient beings per day. That seems way off. I have had it with this planet. I have had it with mortality. None of this is necessary. More than 150,000 people die every day. There's no fucking way. That sounds, I don't know. There's eight billion people, and even in '96, no, I mean I think the number should be higher. Oh, because they were all what in nineteen, and now there's eight nine billion people. There were probably like six billion people. It can't be only 150 thousand people dying. Why don't you look that up? Well, I tell everyone about a little thing called confirmation bias, which is something (laughs) that Eliezer Yudkowsky would have learned if he went to school instead of being an autodidact. Confirmation bias is when you look for information and interpret and choose to to pick information that you want to project to others and incorporate into your worldview that already supports a belief, a value, or maybe a wish to live forever. And all of these people, all of the rationalists and their, their acolytes, are working backwards from this goal of transhumanism. He is starting out 
like before he even began the Singularity Institute, before he began um, teaching people about Bayes' theorem or about um, the sing- like the hyper intelligent AI, with the desire to live forever and believes that none of it is necessary. So he's starting from that point, which is just not how you come to hypotheses around the world. But Elon Musk is doing the same thing. Like he's invested a hundred million dollars of his wealth into the Neuralink Corporation, um, where, as Greg explained, they're developing, well, they're claiming to be developing. They might not have actually developed anything yet, but they are attempting to develop a neural lace, um, which is what they're calling an implantable machine brain interface. And he thinks it's the only way that we're going to be able to keep up with machines as they become ever more intelligent by connecting our brains directly to them. So this is also the really behind the evil machine. Oh, go ahead. What we should Sorry. do with the evil machine is plug into it. That's what we should yeah. do. Yeah. I, I got another, another little, little important tidbit here about uh, implants in the body. Um, especially metal ones of which computers are, um, they, they tend to degrade. Um, you, you put a metal thing in a body, whether it's like a pin, like you'll, a lot of people who are young now will find this out in their old age that if you have to get like a nail, like if you're, you break an arm so bad, they have to nail it. Like those eventually they fall apart a little bit. They, they rust essentially. Um, so if you put that in your brain and then let's say it's in your brain for the next 60 years, at some point, that's just going to become a gigantic uh, bloody sore inside of your head. Yeah, yeah. That it's does just going to become great. a disgusting little like tetanus ridden, like. Yeah. No, but the AI like, will maw. have gotten rid of those problems by then. And oh, not to surely. mention, if it's not perfectly sterile when it goes into your brain, you will die because now you are putting something beyond the blood brain barrier. There's no over protecting under, your brain. <laughs> over under on Elon actually getting the Neuralink chip implanted in his brain sometime within the next three years. Hundred percent over. He's gonna do it. He's he's dumb. You, we're forgetting this. He's stupid. I over think, under on him dying. I think here's the thing. Under he's got too much money to die. I think eventually there's going to be enough people who have a stake in him staying alive for the sake of their own wallets that they will probably <laughs> stop him from putting it in his brain. Will he mm. stop himself? Absolutely not. I'm saying somebody else definitely he will. It. He's going to walk into the surgeon's office holding a big sink. <laughs> he's going to go, John I Emerald want... Emerald from his dad's mind. He's going to go, I want the chip in my head. Let that sink in. And he's going to stumble out in his hospital gown, IV ripped out of his arm, going check me liberals before literally seizing and dying right in front of the hospital fucking entrance. But okay. What I'm trying to get at with this is that he is also doing the thing of working backwards that the rationalists are doing because of his confirmation bias. He thinks that at some point we're going to have hyper intelligent machines that are more advanced than us and that the singularity is going to come into, into being. And so he is now starting from the point of believing that that is true, even when there is really no evidence for it, and thus has created the Neuralink company and has killed like 500 monkeys or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
it's a, crazy a lot. Amount of monkeys. It's 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 so bad that like so a normal university that does animal research like this, if like two monkeys die, usually that research is shut down by the university like until they figure out why two monkeys died because they are not a infinite resource and they are also sentient beings. So killing like 500 of them over the course of I don't know, I think it's been how long has Neuralink been going? Like maybe 10 years. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of monkeys that they're constantly killing. And monkeys are not, to be quite frank, they're not ethically sourced in any mm-hmm. of these scenarios. Um, oh, monkey, even if it's like, you know, a fancy university, if it's fucking UCLA doing monkey research, like the monkey, there's no, you can't go out. It's not like a squirrel, guys. There's no monkeys just outside. Like the a lot of them have, originated in shady circumstances or were kind of sold by a zoo that was strapped for cash. Like they're not, it's not an ethical way. It's, it's a necessary evil in some cases, I will say, I think in some cases, but we are like, it's for not, like it, not to or... kill them. Yeah. Vaccine research, okay. um, certain genetic things that we do, like, Mm-hmm. They're close enough to us that it's like you can take a you can splice monkey DNA and it, you're not like creating a demon baby. You're messing mm-hmm. with a monkey. So, yeah. but it, it's a responsible researcher will do their utmost to never physically harm the animal because mm-hmm. that's not your goal. Your goal is to learn something, not to hurt the animal. If you're hurting the animals at this rate, using like the wrong fucking glue, like they you use the wrong do- glue. You didn't do like allergen or patch tests or just like look no, at the no, fucking No, 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 it's not that. It's, 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 yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's medical glue yeah. that they use on people. This is the same glue they would use on a person to patch, like how they do open head surgery. And you just think it'll just like work. Like well, you e- just, you don't even try to test it before. Well, like, no, it, no, no, that's what they should have used. What yeah. they did use was like a caustic, like oh, it's literally had okay. to have been like they picked up the wrong thing. And they used it, and it melted their it melted the brain. Um, and I believe that happened two times. If you listen to the yeah. GRS episode about it, we yeah. went kind of in depth. But yes. it's yeah, it's, we will it's, link it's, that it's, in the description for anyone yeah. interested in learning about that. Um, but getting back to Eliezer, mm. um, uh, he founded the Singularity Institute, uh, which, if which we had, remember. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein gave to the tune of at least $50,000 yes. to mm-hmm. that we know of. That when, we know of. Yeah. We're not sure. The Singularity Institute, um, he founded it, uh, had at first the goal of bringing about this future on um, brain machines. Um, he had set the target date for achieving the singularity um, at 2005. Right. And in 2005, he said, uh, my broad picture of how it started, says AI researcher Paul Crowley, is Eliezer started thinking, started by thinking super intelligence is the key to everything and we need to get there as quickly as possible. It's intelligent, he thought, so it'll do the right thing. Like, so initially he didn't think it was going to be evil. He was like, well, if it's smart, it'll just do the right thing. 
that preserves both it and the thing that we told it to Because he's smart and he always does yeah. the right thing. But mm-hmm. you see, again, he's working backwards to the point where he thought that the singularity was going to happen in 2005. I don't think Nintendogs came out until 2006. We didn't have no. a fucking iPhone until, what, 2009? <laughs> yeah. There's this really <laughs> this funny video thought- of this everyone waiting why- I'm not saying that, like, the only kind of education that's worth receiving you can get in a school, but I do think that, like, you gotta you gotta at least get the equivalent of a high school education before mm. you start autodidacting yourself, or else you end up like this. What, it's like when, when did that brain you know, toy come he out also, in the early 2000s? He dropped out of college, and he he yeah. Now he's like, I don't read. I don't need to read. This this man thought the singularity was coming with like Windows XP, <laughs> <laughs> like when but you could change the, the taskbar from blue to gray. He thought like the computing can't get any faster or smarter than this. He's not the only one that's like convinced that it's coming yeah. so soon. The Mind Flex, which I don't know if if anybody remembers the Mind Flex, it came out in two thousand nine. It was this toy where you had this like little like what looked like a heart monitor that you like strapped around your head with a Velcro strap. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just testing like heat signatures, really. Um, But it would it would basically from the heat signature, it would send a signal to the toy, which was like a fan in like a maze with a little ping pong ball. And the fan would blow on and then they would blow different fans in order to get it to move through the maze. And you could buy it. It was just like a stupid little like hot like gimmick toy. But that came out in 2009. So we didn't we couldn't even have a brain ship. (laughs) Until 2009, anything close to it. So um, I'm hoping I'm going to at some point send the MindFlex uh, at CES uh, to our producer so that they can put some of the audio <laughs> from this because it's, it's very stupid. MindFlex lets you move a ball with the power of your mind. We wanted to see how people react to playing MindFlex for the very first time. Awesome. Mind-blowing. A wireless headset transmits your level of brain activity to the console. The more you concentrate, the higher the ball rises. And MindFlex is the obstacle course game you can customize in hundreds of combinations. Can you conquer MindFlex? This is the future of games right here. MindFlex game comes as you see here. Batteries not included. They Like, you couldn't even have, like... They didn't even have the concept for, like, a toy that could do something similar for, like, another three years or so. Like, I can't even imagine, like, just being, like, yeah, in we were still 1996. Yeah. I had a but, Simon yeah. Says, the smart one. Like mm-hmm. but, yeah, Playing that's 20 it. questions. Yeah. Yeah. With a little, like, button machine. That's, like, where we were at gadgets gizmos gimmicks that's where mm-hmm. we were at from 2005 all the way up till like freaking now really um i had a spy machine it was just a big microphone with headphones attached yeah yeah there my was parents like an had away so fast there was an era of like the 2000s that was just about like gadgets mm-hmm. like every like we were like oh it's like the new era like we're we're getting into technology let's just make stupid gadgets all this like plastic that like literally the clear plastic Just, so you could see yeah. the electronics inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because now you know, like, there's we have tech now. We have microchips. Yeah. Don't you want to see the microchip that's doing all the work? And now we're um, like, put that shit away. Okay, we got to move on. We got to move on okay, from gadgets. Okay, okay. <laughs> no more gadgets. So, from, from the Tom 
Chivers? Is it Chivers well, or Chivers? We don't know how to pronounce Chivers. anything here. From the, from the Tom Chivers book, quote, uh, the AI doesn't hate you. AI researcher Nick Bostrom and his colleague Vincent Muller surveyed the AI surveyed AI researchers for their estimates as to how long it'll be before there's human-level machine intelligence, or HLMI. The median estimates are that there's a 10% chance we'll reach HLMI by 2022, <laughs> and a 50% chance by 2040, and a 90% chance by 2075. Point four. Is that, is that, yeah. that was for real? Okay. Yeah. So by April of 2075. <laughs> but they get more specific when it's further into the future because I guess a lot of the people <laughs> making the predictions will be dead, so they don't need to be held accountable for it. Uh, this book came out 2019. So they were so confident that they were like three years from now in 2022, Singularity is going to be here. Uh, I, I just come on, come on. Just fucking dead air. I just, I come on, Kendall. It's only okay. eight fifty. <laughs> Please cut this out, way. Yudkowsky also said to Tom Shivers. If Omega, an all-knowing alien AI, and a staple of rationalist thought experiments, uh, told me for a fact that AG... Is it A... Oh, yeah. Is, it is. AGI <laughs> is artificial for- general intelligence, which is like yeah. when a machine or when an AI reaches the same level of intel- like general intelligence okay. that a human would have. Okay, so like an AI is just like the baby. Well, an AI could be anything, yeah. like a yeah. Google search engine or an Alexa okay. or a Tesla. And an AGI is like what they're afraid of, basically. Where it's it's human level intelligence, yeah. and then from there, the singularity would happen mm-hmm. immediately after that, I guess. So it's like step two of what they're afraid of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Told me for a fact that uh, AGI had not been invented had not been invented by uh, 2061. I would first imagine that some civilization collapse or greater difficulty had hindered research in general. Not that the AGI problem was naturally that hard. Yeah, like, there's got to be just a fucking biblical flood before they we get like an assumption that this is for sure going to happen. And if mm-hmm. there for any reason that it doesn't, it has to be something besides that maybe this just is not possible. Um, and instead, it's got to be something else. Yeah, President it's, it's Xi, very... please liberate my people. Please. please. And put them back in the schools. Open up the schools. President it's just crazy Xi, to be all these guys who like claim to be thinkers of, of rational thought. And they're like, we're like the real dreamers of dreams and fucking scientists. And they're like basically taking a conclusion and working backwards towards a hypothesis. Like they have absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's what like, we call in show business. A logical fallacy. Mm-hmm. 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 A total well, logical fallacy. Ugh. The author. What? The, the author. author the author of the AI, the AI doesn't hate you summarized all the rationalists I interviewed seem to acknowledge that there is, for instance, a real risk that climate change could be pretty devastating over the next few centuries, but they didn't feel it was likely to wipe out humanity altogether. Because we only have to worry about the AI. AI is not. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only problem. 
Once you well, reach AGI, it'll solve it for us. There's yeah. also just like this, like total, yeah, like totally tautological thinking of like, okay, yeah, these other things such as climate change, maybe now also COVID, um, like world hunger, etc. They're all problems. But the sooner that we can make the singularity happen and make sure it's not evil, then we won't have to worry about any of these things because somehow magically it'll just solve all of that for us by being mm-hmm. super smart. And so it's not irresponsible or silly of us to invest all of our money and time into making this thing happen, even when there are these other very real threats. Um, It's like, damn, shoddy, even here I feel capital's dark tendrils. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, AGI is just like Harry Potter, you know, it's just going to do this expectable Patronus or whatever. Like, it's going to wave its little wand and it's going to go away. It's fine. Because... If we even did get the AGI, because you know what the first thing the AGI is going to do is going to try and stop capitalism. And then, like, Wall Street's going to turn it off. So I don't know why the fuck they're worried. They won't be able to turn it off. Well, the first (laughs) thing you need to do is get rid of money in the stock market. And they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why would we do that? But remember, remember, Greg, if if Wall Street's holding the kill switch, that's the first thing it's going to kill. Yeah, they're going to kill Wall Street first. (laughs) Yeah, so put the kill switch in the giant bowl. So maybe, maybe I'm all for it. I don't know. (laughs) I think I said in one of the maybe last episode, maybe the episode before, there's a little aphorism, an axiom that I learned from Smash Mouth your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. And I think that that has never been more true than in the case of the rationalists who taught themselves to think in the most backwards way because they believe it is necessary for ba- building a hyper-powerful AI. Off no evidence. Well, um, I guess to continue, Anna Salomon and Luke Mulehauser <laughs> in Intelligence Explosion, two kraut-ass names. <laughs> Wait, what's that word? <laughs> what word did you say? Kraut? Kraut. What's that? German. German. Oh. Kenny knows. <laughs> I know all the derogatory terms for other white ethnic groups. Is that because the Kennedy family uses them? Oh yeah, big time. Absolutely. Every fucking day at the at the Kennedy household, you should have heard them at the World Cup. It was a massacre. <laughs> anyway, Anna Salomon and Luke Mulehauser in Intelligence Explosion. Evidence and Import, a research paper published by the Machine Intelligence Research Institute. Which again received at least $50,000 in a donation (laughs) from Jeffrey Epstein that we know of. Quote, we might call this the optimization power concept of intelligence. For it measures an agent's power to optimize the world according to its preferences across many domains. So that's... That's like None the of these kind of intelligence. <laughs> that's the kind of intelligence that they imagine an AI to have. Um, and it's also the kind of intelligence that they want to have. I also came to the conclusion that this is very Randian. Um, mm. Is anyone here familiar with the lady <laughs> uh, who uh, went by the name of Ayn Rand? Am I familiar? <laughs> oh, <Funny>. buddy. <laughs> well, Ayn Rand was oh, a lady. stable at the Kennedy compound. <laughs> and she wrote, she wrote some books. Um, 
I think that if she were alive today, she probably also would have been writing Harry Potter fanfic, but that wasn't an option available to her at the time. So she wrote about some other stuff. I guess I would recommend reading Ayn Rand's books for the purpose of understanding how you how bad a book can be um and also maybe learning why so many or what what so many of these people like but they're not good books in terms of um like story or thought um or or really any of the normal metrics that you would judge judge a book by but in Ayn Rand's philosophy she introduces this concept of objectivism which elevates a certain kind of rational thought um the kind of rational thought that these characters like above everything else and it's really just justification for being a terrible person according to Ayn Rand we have like the highest moral objective to follow our own individual self-interest and we have direct contact with reality like through our perception of it, of the world and we gain knowledge um, that we can use to seek out happiness by reasoning from what we learn from that perception. And so of course we can only be objective about our own experience and thus we can only make rational decisions that relate to promoting our own happiness. And that is why she also believed um, that the only system, like the only social system that was consistent with objectivism is like extremely loose no rules uh wild west capitalism she opposed all other social systems including like obviously socialism but also monarchism she she said fascism but you know we um, but she believed that the Oh my role god, of the fascism state, is so annoying. Me and fascism, like, 20 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> she believed that the role of the state was just to protect the individual rights of individuals to pursue their happiness above all else. And that is very similar to, like, the way that these people think that an AI will work, and also the way that they want to work themselves, where you're you're optimizing for one purpose. In this case, it's your individual happiness. And so all that you do is in pursuit of that value, thus like optimizing your ability to achieve that value. So an AI does that with the goal of achieving the value of making paper clips or turning on thunderstorm sounds for Greg. And it's so good at doing that because everything that it does is about achieving that purpose. And as rationalist people and disciples of Ayn Rand, I guess the value for like doing something nice for someone would be zero and doing something nice for yourself would be one. And that's Mm -hmm. the most rational way that you could go about behaving because you can only know objectively about your own experience of what would make you happy. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, (laughs) but I, I think that like, Um, there's this, there's this guy, his name is Scott Alexander, and he's got a blog called Slate Star Codex. He's another figure in the rationalist community alongside Eliezer, and his blog became a lot more popular after Less Wrong, um, like, where after Eliezer stopped publishing all of his ideas on his blog, he had, he had gotten all of them out. Um, and so Less, uh, not Less Wrong, Scott Alexander of Slate Star Codex, he kind of took 
the lead and he he did us the oh. favor of telling us all exactly how an AI that doesn't have any physical body that doesn't you know really have have anything besides access to other computers could become all powerful can i so, just um, say i do think it's kind of insane mm-hmm. that this entire thing is basically built on a foundation of just like bloggers like just True. guys with like a wordpress site just being like hey sometimes pol pot made good points like yeah. the intellectual what? class <laughs> the intellectual <laughs> class got to go all the they're bloggers, not intellectual. man. They're not intellectual. They're pseudo-intellectuals. Then. I'm, I'm an intellectual. I, I believe okay. the quote public from, intellectual from Pol Pot <laughs> was pseudo-intellectuals and those who wear glasses, okay? We do not need to hand it to Pol Pot. Can, can you... Can you can we get can that in writing, just, please? Can you read the, can you read the blog? Can read the blog post? Hey! Scott Alexander, writing in his blog, Slate's Talk Codex, giving an example about how an AI could be... Oh, you read this already. That's okay. But completely... By emailing Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Um, Seth. That's the the AI emailing Kim Jong-un. The AI is emailing Kim Jong-un. Hey, bestie. Um, And then it's written so funny. It gives him a carrot, say a billion (laughs) dollars and all South Korean military codes, and a stick. It has hacked all his accounts and knows all his most blackmailable secrets. All it wants is to be friends. Kim accepts its friendship and finds that its advice is always excellent. Its political stratagems always work out. Its military planning is impeccable. And its product ideas turn North Korea into an unexpected economic powerhouse. Gradually, Kim becomes more and more dependent on his chief advisor and cabinet officials who speak out about the mysterious benefactor find themselves meeting unfortunate accidents around the forms of transportation connected to the internet. Which What are those? The, the AI builds up its own power base and makes sure Kim knows that if he ever acts out, he can be replaced at a moment's notice with someone more cooperative. Gradually, the AI becomes the ruler of North Korea with Kim as a figurehead. What in the absolute fuck? <laughs> this is, this so- is making a lot of assumptions about, like, the thought process of Kim Jong-un. Well, <laughs> because, again, it's based on the rationalists believing that everyone um, at their core, because this is something that was true with Ayn Rand, too, is that, like, people's base way of acting was objectivism, like, was being selfish, and she didn't even believe in altruism at all and thought that people only ever did things that were acting in their own self-interest. And so this is, like running off a very um, bold assumption that Kim Jong-un wouldn't just say, like, no, because that's not the thing that would be most self-serving to do because maybe the AI could blackmail him. But sometimes, you know, people act in irrational ways. Sometimes they have a moral, like, guiding system that is different from objectivism. Um, Sometimes people are not afraid of what information the AI is going to blackmail them with because they're already Kim Jong-un. Like sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes a leader gets a, gets a fucking email. That's like, and I, I hacked everything. And then, then like his assistant just goes, ew, and deletes it and thinks yeah. it's spam because it's talking weird. Like there's just so many different factors that could just make that like, you're, you're not, you're not considering like, 
I guess what they would call human failure, but or like, irrationality or yeah, irrationality. Not considering the fact that human beings exist and clearly these robot people are not them. <laughs> yeah, like they're just like because well, they not- have just have taught themselves to act and think in a way that prioritizes like their immediate benefit. And I guess also their long-term benefit if you're taking effective altruism into account um, yeah. above everything. But that like doesn't then mean that everyone else thinks that way. And if your apocalyptic vision for how, I guess, North Korea is going to become the apex of the singularities, like stronghold, <laughs> uh, you, you need to give me a stronger premise besides like, Kim Jong-un might say yes when a singularity uh, entity blackmails him. He might not. You're saying, you're saying like, they say, like, here, I have all the military codes for South Korea, and I've blackmailed you. You're telling me he's he not isn't, like... North Korea is connected to the internet. Yeah. Okay, so what if... <laughs> all right, what if a an AI emails you and says, you have been selected as the winner... Delete. For the, <laughs> for Delete. the iPod Classic, all that you have to do is give me your social security information. You're telling me you're going to delete it? Yes, I am. Hmm. Although I, I think, <laughs> I think if I, I think if it said, congratulations, of you. like I think if I think if it said like, okay, I'm just going to like list a bunch of numbers and you tell me which one is like part of your social security number. Okay. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I just like indulge it for fun. But <laughs> I don't think I don't think I would. No, I think I would just delete well that's the craziest part is that like these people make these like all these like sort of beginner AI steps, right? The AI art, all that stuff. Um and we're like not talking about AI art today really. But like all of that stuff is like trying to build off of this idea of like, okay, like let's try to make something as like undetectable from human, like as possible. It should be a one-to-one. They still can't get the fucking hands right. They're stealing art from other people. They're like, when they type things, like eventually like it's, it starts learning from enough people that it starts just saying slurs over and over again. Exactly. Or Or just like fucking like, it doesn't, none of it works like correctly. Recently, well, they just released a whole. Well, some of it works, but like I, I will say, some of it works. There was that Nvidia thing that came out recently. That's just like it'll fix your eyes, so you're making eye contact with the webcam I mean, like, all the time. Google Maps or Apple Maps. That's an AI that works. Yeah, that works. It's just that but when sometimes, you're trying to sometimes like, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it works um, as often or more often as any other like reliable tool would work. The problem is just that when you take that. And then suppose on top of it that that's going to lead to it becoming an all-powerful entity, which would be like the same as saying that because my can opener opens the cans like most of the time, that at some point it's gonna it's gonna take over the world because it's gonna email Kim Jong Un. Well, and also just like I still don't quite understand how they're getting from like it's made by human beings who inherently are faulty and irrational. And somehow, after being made by human beings, it evolves on its own past all human error. There's absolutely no yeah. way, like when so many of these, like first, the, like language models will just say, like like the 
AI language models, right? If we're talking about like the AI that just like are going to send you an email saying that they have all the security codes and it's trying to convince you to do stuff. Like language models, they're learning off of like human speech most of the time or like human writing. They're like, they're like, write me a script like of this like fucking movie. And they're like, look, he can write something like almost indistinguishable. But yeah, but does it, is it convincing anyone to see a movie, to see this movie? Is it convincing anyone to do this task? If you move past, again, it's just like this thing where they just move past, like they, they start wanting to think like computers too. So they just assume that like everyone should just move past irrationality and that's eventually what's going to happen. Like okay. it's just this weird backwards thinking, like that I don't quite get. They, where just, I'm like, they, act, they act like I don't delete hundreds of emails a day. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're forgetting that most people call, don't give a fuck. If I get a phone call from a number I don't know, I hang up. If I get yeah. an email from somebody who's like, who's just like, "Hello," I'm just like, "Ew, get away from me!" Like, get <laughs> out of here. no, <laughs> I delete it immediately. I block the person. I don't. I don't discuss with them. I don't talk. I it's think that weird. the key to understanding their like backwards thinking is just that this is a it's exactly what happens when you only have one and one mode of analysis that is flawed or that is only good in some instances like rationality is a way of um, finding truth or coming to conclusions is it totally works sometimes doesn't work all the time but when you assume that like truth can only be found one way it is going to lead you to some pretty ridiculous conclusions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, in Yudkowsky's own words, if a mind is arriving at true beliefs and we assume that the second law of thermodynamics has not been violated. <sighs> Come on. that <laughs> Nerd. That mind must be doing something at least vaguely Bayesian. At least one pros- process with a sort of Bayesian structure somewhere. Or it couldn't possibly work. So, okay, guys. what is Bayes? What is Remember, Bayes like, at, in the first episode when I said I wasn't going to explain Bayes' theorem because it's, it's like, stupid um, and I didn't want to do it? Well, it turns out that I do got to explain Bayes' theorem. And no. I'm actually going to take – I'm going to take this as a little challenge to myself because this is how this all got started, was that Eliezer um, – he started less wrong after he founded the Singularity Institute and then like quit that in a huff because he was <laughs> struggling so much to teach people via his email. Like, what is it that people had in the 2000s? Like his email list? Oh, his yeah. Newsletter? Sure. That chat. He was struggling to teach them all Bayes' theorem and it made him so upset that he gave up on trying to teach people until eventually he found it less wrong. And I think that I'm going to be able to teach everyone Bayes' theorem in like five minutes. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I went to school for math, so I know how to to do things. Bayes' theorem is P and then in parentheses, A line B equals P B line A dot P A over P B. Does that mean anything to anyone? Probably not. But what it does mean is that the probability of the the 
outcome that you are trying to predict is it needs to be multiplied by a prior probability to achieve that outcome. That probably also doesn't make any sense. So the way that this would work in a real life example is if maybe um, after Greg and Kendall and I, we all posted like selfies in a row uh, on the same day on Twitter. And then someone was like, whoa, when you are an acolyte of the immortal science, you're really hot. 80% of uh, all hot people are Marxists. And we go, huh, okay, interesting statement. Maybe it's true. We're going to say that it's a true statement. 80% of all hot people are Marxists. But we can't really like determine anything from that until uh, we're like, we, we couldn't predict which Marxists were hot people until we also know the percentage of how many hot people were Marxists. And then we could multiply those two pieces of information together. And that, that answer was derived using the Bayes theorem. Okay. That was under five minutes. Did that make sense? Yeah. 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 So you're, you're okay, calculating see, this probability based on prior probability. To school. Of other things. Yeah. And you learn math in a school instead of becoming an autodidact. It's very easy to learn math and to teach math when you go to school for math. I don't know how Eliza was teaching people. When you don't live in a hole but it's eating saltine crackers <laughs> until finally you come out of your hole and make a blog. Another example would be like, you know, people say money can't buy you happiness. And then they give a statistic, only 10% of rich people are happy. But you maybe want to ask yourself, okay, but how many happy people are rich? Because that statistic doesn't tell me anything. Maybe 95% of all happy people make over $100,000 a year. That would maybe allow us to conclude that money can actually buy you happiness because the people that aren't happy that are rich are outliers. That's Bayes' theorem. It's very easy. I will say, though, that while it is easy and while it can be a useful way sometimes of uh, predicting information or analyzing probability, it has the same issue that Eliezer has already of working backwards. Sometimes there isn't like a set number uh, probability for something. Some things are, are based on conjecture and... Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just can't work backwards from data to arrive at a theory. And you can see exactly how he came to the conclusion that the singularity was going to exist because maybe we have the data already that, um, like, technology grows exponentially sometimes. If we look at the growth of, uh, like, from where we were in the 1900s, in the year 1900, with did we have cars on the road? And we didn't really. And then where were we all the way in 1950, where most people have, have cars, people are driving on highways. That's an exponential speed of growth. And so then, now we have maybe the probability of like, how fast has uh, AI progressed in the past 20 years? And now we're multiplying that number by the number of how, how fast it took to uh, improve other kinds of technology. And then you're coming up with a number like, yeah, we're going to have the singularity by 2005. It just doesn't always work. That's why you need 
the immortal science. And on that note, we're going to end the episode. If you learned the Bayes okay. theorem, all right. you should send me an email and tell yeah. me that I did a good job. If you didn't learn it, do not send me an email. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear that. No. Um, there will be a part four. <laughs> there might be a part five. There might five. be a part five. This there is, this is, is, is going to be a whole new series, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just going to keep going. Like, Please we join can't us stop. in Dumbledore's hole. Um, <laughs> the gaping pit. We please also join us on Patreon where we put out bonus episodes and we've got a $1 honor system tier. Mm-hmm. Please join Gorilla Radio Show Pass at up. Gorilla Radio Show. Um, we're great. You can follow us anywhere. We're Big Soy Naturals and yeah. I am Commodify This everywhere that matters except for Tumblr where I am Commodify Me. And I am she Herzog everywhere that matters except for Tumblr where I am rat poison where the A is a four and the second O is a zero. <laughs> cool. You can follow me on Twitter at G underscore Mateo two. All right. Who is Mateo one? I think it's my dad. Oh. Don't follow him. Um, <laughs> anyway, send you cannot you cannot Greg's find dad, me on Tumblr. I'm permanently Greg's banned. Send dad a DM and let <laughs> him know if you understand Bayes' theorem. Um, <laughs> send Greg's dad a DM and ask him if he also thinks Pol Pot is valid. Please um, do not confuse my dad. I'm gonna. All right, I'm issuing a, an official uh, redaction of my prior statement on Pol Pot and the intellectual class. You do not, in fact, have to hand it to Pol Pot in any circumstance. Pseudo intellectuals should all be killed. Okay, we, go. we got our tune iOS in, press release. Tune out in of the next way. week. <laughs> For part four of Dumbledore's Hole, <laughs> which may not be the final part, we'll see. We gotta Good start night. calling it like Dumbledore. We're as feet. low as the Marianas <laughs> Trench right now. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love Venn diagrams. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. When I'm smoking beans, cause I'm on your team. When I smoke the sea, cause I'm such a fiend. High as a kite, smoking Walter White. When I smoke the blue, and I smoke the purple. Smoking on the blunt, cause I wanna run. Smoking on the green, cause it makes me lean. Smoking on a gun, I smoke and scream. When I hit the blunt, it's a click and cut. When I hit the blunt, I give a fuck. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. I don't wanna smoke, I just wanna smoke. 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 When I hit the pipe, I'm like Walter White. Walter. When I hit the smoke, I feel like a dope. Dope. Yeah, I like green because it makes me lean. And I smoke high because I'm blowing clouds. When I'm getting high, then it's time to smoke. When I'm smoking loud, then it's time to blow clouds. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. When I hit the blunt, so like, give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. 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 This so in natural's.